0: Hello everyone. On today's pod, I had on Matthew Stocko. Matt came on to discuss the Raptors' regular season and give a review of the season at large. We had a lot of big surprises this season. Obviously, Pascal Siakam's one of the biggest, but there was also some disappointments. We had some areas that we would have liked to see the Raptors grow a little bit more, and possibly a few areas that they even regressed. We talk about that. We break down each of the all season transactions that happened and the Marcus All trade that happened mid year, as well as kind of review Nick Nurse's performance. Lastly, we talk about the postseason and what the Raptors need to accomplish this postseason for it to be considered a successful one.
1: With They're plenty up, of time, up. It's five seconds. To Rosen on the drive. It's hit from the corner. Van Vleet, Van Good, a two. The Raptors lead with one point one to play.
0: Matthew, how's it going,
1: Mike? I'm not gonna lie, I have been watching Raptors like like the intro videos, like when they enter the game and like they get they they get the crowd pumped up. A bunch of times because I'm pumped up because it's finally, finally the playoff season.
0: Right, yeah, it's the regular season is ending today. We are recording this prior to the final game versus the Timberwolves. This game has a little bit of relevance for the Raptors. It will determine home court advantage in the NBA Finals should they get there. I would guess the Raptors don't play quite their full normal workload, but something kind of approaching that, maybe in the high 20s for most of the starters
1: yeah I would uh, I would suspect so as well. I mean I mean I know uh, Blake Murphy uh, tweeted out the other day that they might actually be playing on Sunday. Um, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the Raptors, like, you know, management has some sort of idea about the Sunday and who knows that could have something to do with, uh, MLSC also, uh, owning the Leafs and, uh, well, and, and the Leafs are definitely playing on Saturday, but MLSC might not want to cannibalize their market as much and try to, and try to, uh, capitalize on that. So, um, I hope, I, I mean, I, ho- I mean, I hope so. I'm going to game two. So, um, oh, nice. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to game two. So. Uh, I'll be able to report back uh, uh, in the podcast afterwards about about that but um yeah so I'm just, uh, so, I, so so you know if they don't play till Sunday that's a huge break so we might as well get some run in to get these guys ready to go
0: yeah of course you don't want to have a Fred Van fleet situation like last year where the player gets injured in the final game of the season that's relatively meaningless however you know you can't put these guys in bubble wrap they're going to have to play basketball at some point in order to stay sharp and that was a freak situation that happened last year. I don't think that we need to overreact due to one injury at one point in the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you see people on Twitter saying just rest them. It's like, well, I mean. This game still... Like you said, this game still does have some implications. I would much rather have that extra game at home, especially if you're going to play the Titans that are the Warriors, or even if you're going to play the Rockets in some crazy world where that happens as well, right? Like, I, I, against either of those two teams, I would much rather have home court advantage. Well, we've already
0: clinched it versus everybody but the Warriors, so...
1: Exactly. Or you mean the Bucks. Uh
0: No, I mean, today's game decides home court advantage in the NBA Finals versus the Warriors, right. so...
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. Um, so... We brought you on here today to talk about the Raptors' regular season as a whole. Um, I don't want to get in... We'll do a separate post-season preview when we decide, when we figure out who our opponent is. We might have on a special guest in order to do that. But right now, we're just going to talk about the regular season, what happened, and then kind of just preview the postseason at large. Um, I guess the first question I have to ask you is, would you call this season a success compared to what you expected coming in?
1: Uh, you know, I would, I, you know, I thought, obviously, we talked about the questions before we came on here, and I've thought about it, and I would definitely call it a success. Um, and I think the reason why is because there, you know, last season was all about the quote unquote culture shift, right? But for me, I feel like this season was that culture shift almost realized in many ways, where the team became less about, the friendships and the buddy-buddy that everybody likes so much and became all about winning, right? And um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp in the opinion that the only reason they didn't go over 60 games was because of the injuries that they had and load management and, and all that sort of stuff. And really, I mean, the goal of this season um, is to keep Kawhi, right? And while we haven't heard him say, you know, Raptors for life, I'm signing a five-year deal, right? I mean, we've seen reports from actual Raptor sources saying that, you know, they feel confident that they're in the conversation and they feel confident that there's, you know, there's a good chance. And I think that, you know, the organization as a whole has done a really good job of communicating that, you know, hey, this is a place where you can play, where we have the, you know, one of the top medical staffs in the league. We have this great culture built around us. And, yeah, you know, we did do a loyal player. We did trade away our most loyal player, but I feel like some of that, you know, stigma and perception actually went away pretty quickly once Kawhi started playing, you know, started doing well. So and then, of course, the team doing well, right? Like, I mean, they sure they had a few bad losses here and there, but for the most part, very consistent, not very long losing streaks. And uh, between all the implementation of all the different pieces, I have to say it, it was a success.
0: I would call it a moderate success. I think okay. this team had a higher ceiling it could have reached if it really played to its ability all year. That was difficult with the injuries. Considering how banged up they were all throughout the year, it is pretty remarkable that they finished with the record they did. Kawhi Leonard wasn't injured necessarily, but with his load management and everything like that, sitting out the majority or sitting out approximately 20 games in the season, Kyle Lowry missed an injury. Missed some time with an injury, and you know, JV was out for a while leaving the Raptors playing Greg Monroe big time minutes, and he got released without even being on the roster. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's to me, I think considering the injuries, you would have to call it a success.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but like going into, I mean, another thing too, right, is that this team had to prove that it could integrate all these pieces and be a winning unit right and um and i mean especially their play recently is really showing that this team is built for the playoffs to win in the playoffs that's what they care about that's what they're working towards and for me like like my confidence is actually really high right like i'm feeling good going into this going into the playoffs that this team can actually win it's not like previous seasons where it's like oh god I'm watching the standings. I don't want to be in the same bracket as the Cavs, right? Like, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are going to be a powerhouse and that and 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 hopefully it happens because I want to see that series. But um I mean, I mean, I think that this team is going to go far and perform really well and not let us down like they have in the past.
0: Right, it it feels like for the first time this team is maybe I want to say underachieving is the right word, but they haven't reached their ceiling yet when in past years they were playing a little bit above their head during the regular season. That's something that I don't expect to see this year. Um, what would you consider a postseason success this year? So as we head into the playoffs, obviously, you know, the ultimate goal is to win an NBA final, but what would you consider a successful postseason?
1: So, um, I mean, I mean, definitely not first or second round exits. Um, I have thought about this one, too. And I really feel that it must be, like, a game six. If it's going to be a Eastern Conference Finals loss, it better be, like, a, in game six or seven, right? Like, it can't be a sweep. It can't be bucks by 30 every single game. Nothing like that, right? Um, it must – it, it for it to be a successful season, six or seven, uh, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, and these are good games, but – um, ideally, I feel like I feel like it's got to it's got to be that finals run, right? So I know it's a little bit of a wishy-washy answer. It's almost like two different things, but this season this season is going to be defined by its playoff success, right? And what's the most successful postseason in Raptors history? Going to Game Six of the Eastern Conference Finals. So if we can't at least get there with a better roster, then we have to really reevaluate our entire per- player personnel structure to be a, to to figure out how to get better, right?
0: It's. Yeah, to me, if you don't win the NBA Finals, no one's going to blame you for losing to the Warriors who are on the end of this dynasty, and it seems like it's the last year. Perhaps it's a little bit soon to say for sure that it's the last year, but it certainly feels as if this is starting to deteriorate in front of our eyes. So to me, you have to prove you're at least the best in the Eastern Conference, and at least the best of the teams that are returning next year.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I'm actually very confident. You know, the thing is, is that, like, I'm very confident in players like Kawhi, Danny, and Mark. Again, all three, all new pieces, but still, in their ability to perform in some place like Milwaukee, right? Like, 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 like for me, I just feel like those guys especially, more than any other player on the team. I know I didn't name any players that were coached under Dwayne Casey, um, but... I feel like I feel like those guys don't get intimidated by road playoff games in tough arenas, right? And Milwaukee's crowd is always great too. So, so to, I think I think those three guys are going to be really key in those games and calming their team down and, and getting their team's head in the game to ensure that they actually have a lot of, that they just execute, right? And that's all you got to do on the road is just execute. Taking a
0: step back and kind of thinking about this season and what we've seen so far. What was the biggest success to you of this Raptors team other than Pascal Siakam's obvious
1: breakout season? The the ability to get over the adversity, right? The adversity of trades, which is one thing, and and that can mess with some teams, right? Like you kind of mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers, and they made their adjustments before the Raptors ever got Marc Gasol, but in some ways it feels like Gasol is a little bit more integrated into the system and into the unit than in a way that maybe a Tobias Harris isn't as much. Right. Um, And for me, and then of course the injuries, right. And managing those injuries. And I think a lot of that comes down to your leadership. I, I mean, I know people haven't necessarily been, As happy with Nick Nurse as they maybe would have liked, but I think that a lot of that leadership, his his quiet leadership and just leading the team through all of these different things, and the way that he's you know his mad scientist sort of. Concoctions that, or, or or mindset that he has, where he just he, he welcomes the challenge and just says, "Hey, look, like I don't have Kawhi tonight, but I have these I have these players. I have Greg Monroe. I can just throw him in there and we'll see what happens, right?" And co and, and going through those sort of changes because those sorts of big shifts and changes, we've seen teams crumble under that. Even good teams for a season. That's a great point. The
0: the adversity that this team faced this season was much greater than in years past. Where last year. The team was unbelievably healthy and you know they we talked about Fred VanVleet being injured during the postseason but that's pretty run-of-the-mill for a player that's you know on the fringe of your rotation to be out for some time it's not like they were stuck with some big debilitating injuries all throughout the season this year it's been a little bit more of a rough ride when you talk about Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard obviously missing serious time and it's really funny that they missed time all during last season, but in many ways or in pretty much every way that this team is going to be more healthy going into the postseason itself. Um one another guy who jumps out as a huge success this season is Norman Powell. Norman Powell yeah. has I mean, I pretty much wrote him off for dead, I'll be honest. I I was one <laughs> of those I was one of those that thought, you know, you can trade him now and get some decent value back. It turns out he went from being a pretty clear negative contract to someone who, you know, I think he's probably worth his contract. It's not like he is grossly outperforming it, but to be that after what he was last year and not in the rotation at all is just a, a monstrous success for the franchise, and a lot of that goes back to Nurse as well.
1: I think, I think for Norm... What gets me really excited is that he is actually hitting threes at a really good clip. He's finding his rhythm and he's really finding his um, uh, uh, groove within the team. And how he did that was through letting the game come to him and letting the shots come to him. And much, and he's he's much better at picking his spots. And that's what's giving him a lot of success. And I think that's what's great is that you know he he he's really implementing and learning from his peers too.
0: He'll probably never be a good decision maker. It seems as if he's made serious strides in that regard, however. He he struggles when he picks the ball up and is asked to do more than kind of the simple read of either shoot, drive to the hoop, make the easy dump ball pass. It's not like he's diming guys up all over the floor, really initiating the pick and roll very often. However, you don't have to be a great decision maker to be a good player. You just have to be good enough, and that's something where he's made major strides in this season. And you see that by his turnover rate dropping and just he's able to do more with the ball to see. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad for him, man, and I'm glad for the team too because it doesn't mean that they necessarily have to get out of that contract as quickly. <laughs>
0: so what's been the biggest disappointment then this year?
1: Ooh, I think, I think the... <laughs> The biggest disappointment for me has actually been the play of someone like Jeremy Lin. Uh, for me, when when he came over to be that third point guard, um, I was really excited because I maybe was thinking of Jeremy Lin from the Lin Sanity years and wasn't watching him as closely as others. But it's amazing the huge negative that he's been. Uh, for this team, right, and and you could you could see it in him trying to overextend or, or or doing what Norman Powell used to do, which was not letting the game come to him, not playing within the flow of the offense, and not and 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 also frankly playing some pretty bad defense, letting players blow by him all day. So you know it looks it, it, it makes something like the Delon trade look a little bit worse. Um, in, in, or, or in DeLon being included in that trade, I know they had to do it to be able to get um, or uh, to get uh, Marcus all in, in that trade, but it kind of resulted in, in in a mixed bag of results. And now we're kind of going into a two point guard set, which for me is fine for the playoffs, but. I mean, let's say let's say Fred VanVleet gets into foul trouble for some reason, and we have to rely on Jeremy Lin for a few minutes. I feel like at this point, I would much rather have DeLon Wright than Jeremy Lin.
0: Yeah, he he's been just bad since he came to Toronto. We can try to sugarcoat it in many ways, but he's just not been a productive player. The three-point shooting is the biggest thing that's really changed since him being in Atlanta. However, he also turns the ball over at a pretty high clip and hasn't been scoring fantastic within the arc. Defensively, he's fine. He doesn't really cost you. He's a pretty solid team defender, better than an individual defender, but it's not like he's really crawling into guy's skins in a way like Dewan Wright or Patrick McCall can, so he'll probably be out of the rotation come the playoffs. To me, the biggest disappointment this season has been, one, the bench. The bench is, you know, obviously from the bench model of last year, we knew that the plan was to change that up, and a lot of that has to do with Pascal Siakam being with the starters. However, they just it doesn't seem to have the same mojo as it had last season, and part of that is rotations, and part of that I'm not sure really what to put it on. And I think if either you, I, or the Raptors in general knew what the problem was, they would fix it. And the other thing is just you know games won. They won 58 games this season, and you can say that's great considering the injuries. However, you know they just it seems like this team didn't quite reach its ceiling early in the year and hopefully they reach it later and that will be more important. But it would have been nice to see this team play, you know, a real meaningful stretch of basketball, say during January and run off like a twenty game win streak or something like that
1: yeah 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 they uh they seem to they seem to have gone on a lot of five six game win streaks lose a game five six games lose a game right and while there's nothing necessarily wrong with that um i actually don't know off the top of my head what was the longest winning streak of the year do you do you happen to know mike like did anybody hit a 10 i think it was eight but it was eight interesting yeah that's it's interesting eh? that like last year the what was it the houston rockets went on a ridiculous run right and um and in years past we've seen a lot of those streaks but yeah i I agree with you like they the two disappointing months of the season were were january and february really right that's when they had that tough loss to um the spurs that's when they uh you know lost a couple gimme games to the detroit pistons for example so uh who knows hopefully it was just a winter lull and now that the now that the weather is getting nicer i know you're i know you're not in toronto mike but the weather is getting a lot nicer here uh you know Kawhi's is probably able to wear a sweater now doesn't have to wear his canada goose jacket anymore so we should be good um uh you know with this warmer weather and hopefully the warmer weather is just going to bring better better play
0: let's just kind of look at the trades this year and and make an assessment and give your overall grade of each uh starting with the kawaii leonard trade what would you say your overall grade on that is
1: Oh man, A plus. <laughs> I think uh, I think we got the missing pieces that we needed, right? Like, like I mean, Dan, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you include Danny Green in that trade as well. But, well, yeah, because it's all part okay. of the deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we flipped we flipped Demar Derozan, a a, a player who, frankly, is is better suited as a complementary piece to an actual star, right? Um, an actual superstar. Than he is than he is a star himself, and uh, you know we replaced him with one of the with 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 a player who's had one of the best finals performances of all time, right? So I mean, and 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 to be honest with you, he also has the opposite DeRozan demeanor, right? He's just a he's just a silent killer, right? Which is which is just so great to see. And then Danny Green is, I mean, I mean he's he's provided the team with the one thing that it's always lacked, which is an actual deadly three-point shooter right when Danny shoots a three I even if it even if it's a bad shot right it's okay because the guy is in rhythm and the guy and the guy is also a great defender right and a great playoff performer as well so and we flipped him for Jakob Pertle if we're talking player for player right so I mean I definitely think we got the better end of that deal and I think it's been nothing but a success for the Raptors so a plus
0: the best part about that trade is the throne of Danny Green and when yeah. you're the guy giving up the key asset you Typically, you get to win around the margins. You see that in a lot of the superstar deals. The guy, whoever gives up the superstar, is the one who typically loses little things about the deal the pick protection, things like that. And the fact that I was able to get Danny Green instead of Paul Gasol is a monster win for the Raptors in terms of what's been critical to building their team. You know, he's been one of the Raptors' four or five best players all season long. He's been one of the most consistent pieces, and he fits in perfectly into what they need. So the addition of him is really where that trade was kind of made, you know, went from a good trade and a very important trade, obviously talking about Kawhi Leonard, which is the most important part of that, but adding Danny Green is really what, you know, it it earned the Raptors a couple wins this season.
1: I oh. mean, and I mean the Spurs fire your medical staff, man, because those were two players that were gifted to us because of medical reasons, really, right? So, so I hope I hope they talked to their medical staff or got a new one because man, they they kind of screwed up last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. So, yeah. what what would you grade the JV for Marcus trade?
1: I think I, it's like like a B, B plus somewhere in there. I think. And I think the only reason why I say that is because I don't know if we've seen the full potential of Marcus All yet. We've seen the results with his um, with his uh, his, abil- his ability to be able to affect three point shooting and winning. Right? I still would like to see him shoot a little bit more. I know he's really working that ball and really getting it in there. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. And I think we need that that third that three four um, or that third or fourth scoring option to really really complete that starting lineup in a great in a great way but for me I feel like for this playoff run in this stretch of games I would much rather have Marcus All playing meaningful minutes, I feel like he can stay on the floor against faster lineups as well um, than I would JV. Even though JV is beasting in Memphis right now, and it's really great to see and I'm really happy for him, but I just think the 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 heights of Marcus and just that basketball IQ and the ability to, and, and just the way he fits into the team is what's needed for a long playoff run.
0: Right. It's going to be difficult to judge the Marcus trade until we go to the playoffs because that trade was made for the postseason rather than the regular season he Mm -hmm. you know brings more modern principles to the position despite being a good 10 years older what the thing that i think is often overlooked in that trade is the fact that you also got off cj miles's seven million dollars per year next year and delon wright gets brought up a lot when talking about that but he was also an a restricted free agent this summer it's not like the Raptors gave up any significant long-term assets really other than JV and JV was someone who I think is a downgrade for Marcus Gasol so to me you traded two marginal pieces one of which was a pretty clear negative contract along with your starting center or your part-time starting center to get the guy that you think is more apt to play the postseason so I, I just think more highly of that trade than I think a lot of the general public does.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I and, and you know I really feel that Mark is going to prove him wrong in the playoffs and 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 Mark, I, you know you, you know this might be a bold prediction, but I feel like Mark wins some a game or two, you know, in the second third round against Philly, he could be very valuable, right?
0: I, oh yeah, I totally agree, and he's someone that matches up better with Joel Embiid and matches up better against the Bucks, and that will be most yeah. important to the Raptors this season, especially now lining up on the other side of the bracket. It looks like those will be the two main paths to the finals unless Boston kind of pulls a rabbit out of their hat.
1: Which they could, which would be crazy, but they could, they could. And that would be nuts. But yeah, but I just think that Marc Gasol brings Embiid just a little bit further away from the net, which just opens up so many lanes for Kawhi, and Danny and everybody else to be able to find the hoop or uh, and Pascal, of course, right. To find the hoop.
0: Exactly. Um, what, You've talked about the Jeremy Lin thing being a disaster, so I don't think we really need to go into that anymore. He was a buyout guy. It's not like the Raptors wasted significant capital. They gave him a minimum contract, so I'm not going to wring my hands over that small of an acquisition. What was this season, what was the most different from what you expected? What was your kind of biggest surprise?
1: Neither good nor bad, just what were you kind of – Expecting to see this season, that was totally my biggest surprise for this season, was just how how we were able to really transform our team. I thought it was going to take longer, um, but I feel that again, like 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 again, trying to be positive, right? That this team really changed its demeanor. I would
0: have to say it's the way that this team transformed into a more modern offense and more modern defense so quickly, mostly on the defensive end last year, Toronto played Serge Ibaka. It's, it's funny. It's just one year ago that Serge Ibaka and Marcus all played on the court together. Almost all of their minutes or at least the majority of them. And now this team wouldn't even think about putting Serge Ibaka and Marcus all out there together for long stretches.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: yeah. the team's totally transformed the makeup of it and has become a more modern team than it was just one year ago. Um, and to me, that's really going to be critical for the postseason, particularly defensively. How they defend the pick and roll with three at times, and they're able to switch. That's something that we weren't able to do last year. And now with a more switchy, athletic group, it's going to translate a little bit better. And that, to me, was just a shock to see that happen also quickly, because right now it feels like forever ago. But it wasn't too long ago. JV and Serge Ibaka were starting alongside one another.
1: I don't think we've I don't think we've touched enough on on Serge Baca to be honest with you I think that the uh, Nick Nurse really unlocked his potential on the court this season right like 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 freeing him up from having another slow center so that he could really shine be close to the basket get better blocks you know pick and pop more find his spots so much easier it's um it's been such a, a great transformation and how he's been such a positive influence and, and, uh, and, and, has went from really a huge negative last year. If we, we try, we try to forget the Cleveland series and we, or at least I do. Um, and, and, and just look at how he's transformed himself this year has been absolutely fantastic. And, and, you know, uh, you know, I always, I always take the argument that coaching doesn't matter in basketball. I really feel that coaching is, cl- is critical to basketball. And Nick nurse has actually done a much, better job than I think some people are getting him credit for in terms of navigating and being a leader and unlocking the potential of most of his players
0: that's a great point Serge Ibaka has went from someone who was below average at his position in my eyes and someone oh
1: man it was bad (laughs) yeah
0: and now he's now he's a legitimate quality starting center he hasn't been starting as of late thanks to the addition of Marcus All, but to me he's a top 15 center in the NBA or at least kind of in that ballpark when you consider both sides of the ball and he's not a fantastic defender but he's a pretty good one and his rim protection is valuable and between that and the spacing he provides offensively and he's a decent finisher around the hoop a little bit of an underrated finisher as far as touch around the basket so you're right that's a great point him playing alongside a more modern kind of front court partner made sense from the beginning and the fact that Nick Nurse was unable to unlock that was just another kind of feather in his cap on the job he's done this season uh what kind of reviewing his job what do you think the Raptors record would be right now if they had Dwayne Casey instead of Nick Nurse
1: I feel like I feel like Dwayne Casey's biggest problem is his ability to adjust you know I feel like he I feel like he can't adjust he's not he 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 doesn't like adjusting and he wants to you know keep things the same and we saw that in the um in the in the playoffs like last year we've seen it for many many years um and uh and so for me i feel like it would be like maybe 50 49 wins just because of the load i feel like he would not do well with the load management you know, like I feel like that'd be a huge thing, is that he wouldn't be able to adjust on the fly like that. And who knows, he would still probably be starting Marc Gasol and Siakam or Siakam, uh, Marc Gasol and Ibaka together, right? So, I mean, who even knows? But I just, I, I just feel the game is changing from under him. And yeah, he's done some cool little things, like when, like when Ish Smith was killing the Raptors in that last Detroit Pistons game, he let Ish Smith play more. But I, I just feel that it's his, it's his overall strategy, not his overall strategy and just thinking and mindset is slowly deteriorating away. So I'm going to say 49 wins.
0: He in many ways is responsible for the culture that currently exists with the Raptors. And he did so much to turn this franchise around that it feels bad kind of taking shots at him. And I don't want it to feel like he's taking, like we're taking shots at him on the way out, but you're right. It's just the level of kind of in-season adjustments Nick Nurse has made has made this a much more difficult transition than I think many people realize. Nurse's kind of rotations have been the subject of much ire over Twitter and a lot of Raptors fans have been upset with some of the lineups and to be frank some of his lineups have been very bad this year. However, I still think that he's trying different things and maybe I'm wrong if I see a lineup, an all-five bench unit lineup out there during the postseason, I will have been proven wrong by him. But at this time, I still have some confidence that he's trying different things out. If Casey was the coach of this team, you're right. It's hard to know if Serge Ibaka would still be playing power forward, and if he's playing power forward, the entire identity of this team has changed. And who knows what Pascal Siakam's doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't like like, like it's tough, right? To 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 just because I mean, you mentioned it. He he still is has to be credited with the success and the turnaround of this team. But he he could only bring them so far. Him and DeRozan, right, could only bring them so far because just of their pure talent, right? And a little bit, I think, of Casey's stubbornness, which I think you see more so now that he's gone. Whenever he comments on Toronto, but. I just I I I just feel that he's not inventive enough and not reactionary enough that you need to be as a coach to be able to I feel like he's not a very good listener either right and 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 and, and that's the biggest difference is that Uh, to be a good coach you have to listen as much as you lead and be able to listen to not only what your players are telling you but what the statistics are telling you and what the on-court play is telling you and how you have to adjust within games so um i mean is i mean i mean is nick nurse is nick nurse a better coach than Dwayne casey we're really about to find out right in the playoffs when when you know you need to bring out a when you need to bring out a play to get a bucket right um can he do things besides iso I mean, we're about to see, but I think that nurse is going to prove some people um, wrong and really, and really, you know, coach, coach his way to a win or two um, uh, just purely on the talent alone.
0: Lastly, Matt, is there anything that just you wanted to kind of remark or talk about this season as a whole that kind of jumped off the page to you or you thought was one of the essential storylines of this team?
1: Look, I think, you know, I kind of talked about it before, but for me, right, that... The the turning point for this franchise, whichever way it goes, is whether Kawhi stays or not, right? And I think it really has to be said again that this team has done everything that it possibly can to keep him, uh, to keep him happy and to keep him engaged, right? I think the organization is stronger than it's ever been, and and he sees that, right? to the point where he's actually considering it, which is something that we would have never even dreamed of before DeRozan was traded, right? And he didn't have to play he didn't have to get invested but he is cool. and that shows the strength of this team as a whole right and the strength of the whole cohesiveness that's going on there and again right like when we talk about who's the greatest raptor of all time i still throw masai Jury in the mix as the greatest raptor right <laughs> like he's like, like 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 you know what i mean he's the one that's built all this up and i think his influence on this team cannot be understated so barring a complete collapse in the second round against philly right like i think i think i think this season has been a success and has shown that we can have a superstar that we can have some of these things and that the raptors are not just a, uh an ugly second cousin to the toronto maple Leafs, right that we are a team that can that can win that is an enviable organization to be around and i think that's the biggest success of the season is really proving some of those stereotypes wrong
0: that sounds good, Matt. I totally agree with you. <laughs>
1: that, that was very impassioned, Mike. I feel very, <laughs> I, feel, I feel, I feel very strongly about that. I want to see my franchise go from not being uh, laughingstock. So let's let's go get it.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm excited. Postseason time.
1: Yes, let's go. <laughs>